0: That smells so bad. <laughs> Megan doesn't like her brown liquor. Here. I really don't. I, I'm yeah. Just,
1: yeah, she's part of the podcast, and she can't do she can't do it. She can't oh. do the bourbon
0: podcast. Wow.
1: Why are you on here?
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's a really good question.
2: <laughs> Roll the metal, and that was our intro. <laughs> 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 Did you just compare my art to Linkin Park? Because that makes me sad. (laughs) I love Linkin Park, and it makes me sad because I miss Chester.
1: Our boy. Our boy, Chester.
2: Anyway. Hello, and welcome back to Theo Bourbon. This is Derek Chilton. As always, I am joined by Megan Slack and her future hubby, Tom (laughs) Angione.
0: Hey. Hey.
2: And we are sipping on the Nectar of God, talking about God here on Theo Bourbon. There's your, (laughs) as always, your ASMR slurp. Delicious. Delicious.
1: Delicious Delicioso.
2: And you guys, we have a very, very special guest with us today. (gasps) Who could it be? (laughs) I was expecting you all to go... Is it Caleb? Caleb? (laughs) (laughs)
3: The answer is yes.
2: The answer is yes. It is not Caleb, but we will have Caleb on here soon. We love him, and we are so ready for him to blow our minds with his gospel as he comes and talks to us. Hopefully, within the next couple of podcasts. But today, we have the honorable, the wonderful (gasps) Christina Ritchie. (gasps) Let's go. <laughs> the Christina Richie doppelganger, Hannah Lauk. Welcome, Hannah.
4: Hey, what's up, guys?
2: <laughs> we are so excited to have her on and pick her brain about some things. <laughs> and um, as you can notice by the title of this podcast, if you are an evangelical Christian, <laughs> um, you will recognize the the title. I hope. Live Lauka Lion.
0: Can you guys explain? Megan, do we need to?
2: <laughs> Do we need to god explain that to you, trademark, yeah. from Good Christian Fun? Actually, Let
1: love and explode and bring
2: bring the dead, the dead to life.
1: life. A love so bold to bring a revolution. So, uh, okay, I'm going to be honest. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I thought the words to that song when I first heard it, like in 2011, were great.
1: That's because Daniel Bashta wrote it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm serious. Yeah, Daniel Bashta, I mean, he, he's a king. We love him. And oh, you he mean wrote David Crowder, didn't write the song he made famous. Oh, that never happens.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'm still no to this day. I'm still convincing people that David Crowder did not write "How He Loved." That hurts him.
1: me so much. Because he made that like iPhone video of him just looking at it, sing, like yeah. you know that that video yeah. when he did not write the song. It was not about trauma in his own life. He just yeeted <laughs> it and made it famous. God, anger. Ugh i don't hate you david crowder but i have some things i want to talk about if you're listening <laughs>
2: can we talk about how the biggest mistake in his career was not monetary because he's doing great on his own he's killing but it. it was artistically leaving the digital age
1: i don't want to talk about it <laughs> anyway
0: I can't imagine i can't imagine ever knowing what's going on in these
4: conversations. <laughs> <laughs> honestly megan i can't either let me tell you why <laughs> i actually don't really have a good reason why i was raised in the church of christ but i was not raised on any sort of contemporary christian music of any kind so we're both so, just hanging out exactly
2: and then me and tom were just we were born in the dark. <laughs> Molded by it, <laughs> we didn't see the light until we were already a man, and it was. And by then, it was nothing to us but blinding.
1: Man, I could I, I could rattle off any Matt Redman song from the last like. Just, 15 years, if you want to hear it, you know? I don't know
2: that Hannah caught that I was directly ripping off Bane from The Dark Knight Rises. There. I
4: didn't. <laughs> I had, like, the one reference I could have gotten. I'm sorry.
2: You merely adopted the dark.
1: Okay. <laughs> but they
2: actually did. They adopted it. The dark abyss that is evangelicism. But anyway...
1: Um Dark abyss. That really tickled Megan over here like She had this look of she just sheer bliss on her face when you said that <laughs> The
2: amount of times that we've said the word abyss in the last two podcasts
0: <laughs>
1: Has been unreal
2: Wait,
0: yeah. seriously?
2: Yeah, because we were like
1: D- Tom, are you okay? I had a moment there, a little chokey choke on the burby burp, you know what I mean? Oh my god, speaking oh my of...
3: god stop talking. <laughs> <laughs> speaking,
1: of,
2: speaking of Burby Burb, I am drinking because Hannah's not drinking um, because she's still an Asbury student. Um, I am drinking... Alcohol is bad, oh. Asbury. Oh god. <laughs> it's not like Francis Asbury never drank. I am um, drinking and I feel horrid about this I am not drinking bourbon today.
3: <gasps> oh, no.
2: I am drinking Tennessee's attempt at making bourbon today. <laughs> Say it. So it's actually pretty good. It's Old Scout American whiskey. Um, okay, I've it had it before. Was, yeah, it, yeah. It's, our, it's 107 proof, so it's right up my alley. Once you get above the 105, I'm, I'm happy. Um, this needs but, to hurt
1: for you. What? It just needs to hurt for you, doesn't it? It has to
2: hurt. <laughs> I need to feel something. <laughs> oh god. Um anyway, it's 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 fine. I went to the liquor store the other day and they didn't have what I was originally on the last podcast said I was going to have. It's Old Bardstown. It's one of my favorites, but they did not have it and I was very sad. So I told the the bypass guy to... Uh, also, shout out to Bypass Liquor. It's one of the best stores um, around our parts. But um, I uh, I just told him to... Um, wow, I'm really struggling today. Y'all. You can do it. Um, I believe in
1: you. It's not,
0: it's not I, crappy uh, whiskey, you know? Uh,
2: <laughs> it is, honestly. Um, no, it's good. It's good whiskey. It's fine. Um, I told him to surprise me at the window because you're not allowed to go in. And... I, he was like, "What's your price range?" Said twenty to thirty dollars, and he brought me Old Scout and said that it was. He was a bourbon guy, and he said it was pretty good for
1: what it is. So how was it? It's it's Tell all us what right. You think it's, of it.
2: it is. I mean, there's really no tea to spill. It's just it's <laughs> it's fine. Like I I enjoyed it the other day. Um, I was sitting outside when it was really nice outside around like eight o'clock, right when the sun was going down, and I just enjoyed a glass and. Kicked back, man. It was, it was all right. Kicking back. Outside. It feel good. Remember, Anytime remember I can.
0: What? I said, remember outside. Uh, yeah. I don't. <laughs> I remember those
1: days. I've been in here for so long.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Y'all, I went back to work two weeks ago. So oh. I've been outside like every day.
0: Is it and nice or, or is it weird? stressing you out? Um, it's not really
2: stressing me out because my job doesn't make me be around very many
0: people. Because
2: mm-hmm. um, I just, I mow lawns for a living and so um, yeah
0: it's alright it's okay hmm.
2: but anyway Tom yes I don't want to know what you're drinking but you gotta tell everybody
1: I am sipping on some delightful uh, Kentucky Jim Beam uh, oh. it's, it's the good stuff as Derek would say Derek himself don't, loves this <laughs> don't uh, slant. He, he, me he bad. drinks it daily uh, <laughs> it's his favorite bourbon I bought it because oh. it's cheap and I don't really know how whiskey tastes different than other whiskey.
2: <laughs> so, in other words, I have asked the worst co-hosts to join me on this podcast because
1: I'm not going to say you're wrong to that. <laughs> <laughs> God, oh
2: God. Um, and we all know that we all know that Hannah knows nothing about whiskeys because she's not allowed to have it. So that's fine.
1: Never nope. had a drink a day in her life ever. No,
4: no, sir. <laughs> Megan. Yeah. Are you
2: are you you're not drink are you drinking
0: any? I'm i I'm not drinking anything, but I could be if someone went and got me a drink right Do now. Do you want oh. what would you like?
1: What would you like? She wine. pulled out the famous Okay. We wait, are we going rose or are we going Chardonnay? Uh, you pick. Hmm. Oh, nothing's chilled right now. I forgot to pop the rosé in there. It is 2.51 in
3: the afternoon. I think... I, I don't know. <laughs> Chardonnay
1: with a little ice cream. A little, a char- Chardonnay, Chardonnay with a little... Yeah, you're like going full mom right now. Chardonnay with ice in it. Let's do it, ladies. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Heck yeah. <laughs>
0: um, it's not my fault the wine's hey, not chilled.
2: there is actually a really cool thing that we found... That Miranda actually found as a gift for me. Um, in Wilmore, there is a little store, and they sell these little rocks that you freeze and they're they act as ice cubes but they're not ice they're like little rocks that you freeze and you put it in your in your alcoholic beverage whatever it is it's meant for bourbon but um that way it can be cold but it doesn't get watery
0: that's so cool
2: and i have them in my fridge i just never i never use them because i like lukewarm bourbon because i'm Wait, seriously? a man, it a man? <laughs> does it taste does it taste
0: like easier to you know, is it easier you know, to choke down if it's, if it's cold? <laughs> no, it's
2: not exactly that. It's just like, I don't know. When you're when you're having a glass of bourbon, generally I like to have mine with a chaser of some type of beer. And so having the cold beer right after you have that nice burn of a bourbon is just really mm. nice. And so if both of them are cold, it's kind of like, I don't know. I just, I, I don't really like the sensation of that. Yeah, so, yeah, that makes sense. Um, anyway. Right now I am chasing with diet Dr. Pepper because I hate myself.
0: <laughs> oh my god.
2: You can't you can't be a man if you don't hate yourself.
0: That stuff is seriously so gross. <laughs> diet Dr. Pepper, <laughs> no, seriously.
2: <laughs> so we I was going we were in the middle of Weight Watchers.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And any diet soda is zero points on Weight Watchers.
0: Right, right, right. But it but just tastes like kinda, chemicals. It's not even worth it.
2: Right. I like Diet Coke because of the aspartame.
0: Yeah. That's oh. what you're not supposed to drink, I isn't
4: it? I've never <laughs> heard those words come out of I you
2: know, do not either. You don't know I, what aspartame is? I know
4: what aspartame is. I've never heard anyone say that they drank Diet it's, Coke it's, for the purpose.
2: It's the good burn.
4: <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs>
2: it, it it's the It's the good burn that, you know, if you don't want to get tipsy with the burn of bourbon, you get relatively closer to mild melancholia with <laughs> Diet Coke. <laughs>
0: that's the sweet spot right there. That's hey, the that's I get it now. That's the spot where you're like
2: right at the peak of your best day of depression.
0: Oh my god. Amazing <laughs> God.
2: All right, well, Tom's back with your
0: Oh my god, hi. Chardonnay. (laughs) Hello. That's a lot of ice. That's gonna be so crisp. I don't drink it really fast.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, please, Megan, drink that so fast.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, we're talking about, we're gonna talk about France, so I felt like I should drink some. Yeah,
2: yeah, and hey, that's the perfect thing. It's a perfect thing to have when you're talking about France. Um, So, as Meg alluded to, those of you who are listening that just listened to about five minutes of just pure. ASMR of dumb people. Um, <laughs> God. So we have Hannah on the podcast today because we wanted to talk about her um, semester abroad in Paris. And then as I went further down the road of knowing Meg, she has also done a semester in Paris. And we thought that Grenoble Grenoble, in
0: the mountains. Yeah, thank you. Wow, oh. that's good. Oh, beautiful. That's it was awesome. gorgeous. Yeah.
2: So I wish. Oh, I wish Miranda was here and that she wasn't afraid of public speaking. But <laughs> she did a semester in Normandy.
0: Oh my God, that's so cool. So,
2: so it would have been so country. cool if yeah. y'all had just covered the whole country. We just had
0: yeah different regions. The
2: gang's all here.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the gang's so cool. all.
2: here. Gosh. Um. Anyway, we were going to talk about just how instead of doing you know going down the road of just pure depth theology um you can't have good theology without experience um and you can't have good theology without knowing the nature of culture i think that's just something that i really believe Hmm. um and so when you understand different cultures You understand different pieces of God because God is in every single one of them. At least that's what I believe. And so um, Mm -hmm. I wanted to kind of dive in with um, getting to know Hannah a little bit better. Um, And then Meg, I just want you all to talk about your experiences. And me and Tom are going to – we're going to shut up a little bit today because, you know, we (laughs) – I like to overcompensate for the fact that I mansplain and talk way too much. So, we're okay. good. Gonna... <laughs> <laughs> oh, but anyway, um Hannah, just tell us about yourself.
4: Um, hey, what's up? I'm Hannah. <laughs> no, um so I'm a student at Asbury. I currently live in Wilmore and but I grew up in Louisville, Kentucky. Woo! And, <laughs> and um I don't know. I guess a little bit about my theology. I grew up in the Church of Christ, which I guess if anybody listening is familiar with the Church of Christ, um, really traditional, really, I guess, narrow is the word I would use. How do you
2: feel about drum sets?
4: Um, <laughs> I would get in trouble for drumming on a book. <laughs> um, well, <laughs> we sing hymns a cappella, which I honestly love. But yeah, no, instruments were like absolutely no. Um, when I got to Asbury, that was one of the things that my parents were like, are you sure you want to, uh, like put yourself in a place of worship like that? And like, oh my God, <laughs> we I'm were like, the, we were sh- the
1: crazy liberals that she
2: was going kind to of hanging <laughs> out with Bob, the tomato caught us sinning.
4: That gets like <laughs> so much funnier whenever you
2: y'all, I'm so sorry. I have to stop this to say <laughs> that my beautiful wife, Miranda just walked through the door.
1: Mer Randy.
2: Miranda. <laughs> hey, we're talking about France.
1: <laughs> oh, we're absolutely keeping this in the take. <laughs> Good.
4: <laughs> oh, amazing.
1: All right. So, anyway, Hannah, continue.
4: Oh yeah. Um. So yeah. No. Asbury was like. Um. For anybody who's like familiar with Asbury, <laughs> um. Asbury was the crazy liberal, like, <laughs> which is not at all what I know it to be now. But, um. Yeah. When I first started going to Asbury, it was weird because there was instruments in chapel and. and Um, I don't know. Everybody just kind of had their own way of knowing God. And it was just not, uh, it was weird because not everybody thought the same thing. And then, Mm. and growing up in my church, if you didn't all think the same thing, somebody's out of the fellowship, like somebody's got it wrong. Somebody's leading everyone else astray. And so it's like, it was just weird kind of coming, like being like that for 18 years and then coming to Asbury and it being again, like pretty traditional, but (laughs) <laughs> really? Really? I guess the liberal is a good word for it. Good. It was weird. But um, yeah, I know. And then so um, I'm going into my junior year and then my um first semester of my sophomore year, I went to Paris for a Paris semester and that was following a semester of kind of like self-discovery for um, those who don't know me, I am bisexual. And I'm kind of still navigating that, being in a place hmm. like Asbury. And um, But yeah, this past year has been a huge year of um, kind of reconciling like how, um, how I balance both my faith and my sexuality. Because obviously I hold one higher than the other, but one is something that I can't get rid of. Hmm. Um, and then so it went from learning to live with it to learning to love that part of me um and then my my semester in paris had a lot to do with that but also my time as very surprisingly also had a lot to do with <laughs> that yeah that's a little bit about me
2: awesome wow yeah thanks for Love sharing that. and um no it's just really good to to um just kind of get a piece of of who you are and so um With all of that and kind of the self-discovery that you've had, um, as far as most specifically like in Paris and Mm. and all that, who did you, because the European Jesus is much different than the American Jesus, and Mm. each country has kind of their own version of Jesus, Mm. Um, who have you found Jesus to be just knowing those two different cultures um, Mm. and how you're able to kind of reconcile who he is? and all of that
4: it was so weird actually (laughs) um knowing um america's jesus and europe's jesus because america's jesus came from europe's jesus but now um not just in like france as a country but in paris as a city is like totally secular like there's a whole bunch of different religions and um it's super diverse but at the same time it is um first and foremost a secular city um But it was just shocking to me being um, surrounded by people who still believed in God, because that was like part of the Asbury requirement was that, um, well, I guess not a requirement, but they encouraged us to choose internships and things like that that um, had to do with like, or I guess that were run by believers. Um, So yeah, so like I had an internship that wasn't exactly related to the church, but um, I was surrounded by people who claimed to believe in God. And, um, I got to know like professors and people, uh, one of my professors was a missionary actually. He had been living in Paris for 30 years and, um, yeah, I know it was just weird learning about the Jesus that they knew because it was kind of, I don't even really know how to compare the two, but like America's Jesus was somebody who people use as like almost like a fear. Mm-hmm. Um, thing or at least a Jesus that I knew growing up was somebody that I was like supposed to be afraid of and somebody that like if I mm-hmm. didn't do mm-hmm. what I was supposed to do like I should you know I'm condemned or like one thing or another Um, but over there it was just it was almost like people kind of went about their daily lives like minding their own business and then kind of in the quiet of their own home practice their faith mm-hmm. and just kind of like in their day-to-day lives, just kind of like being being a good person or being a good example or things like that. There was no like street preachers. There was no like, you know, you're in the same city as Notre Dame. You think that you're gonna be like in this huge, like religious city, but it, it wasn't like that at all. It was kind of like, if you wanna know God, there's people there that are willing to help you kind of discover that. Um, but if not, then it's like, okay, you know, you just need to kind of, like, find what, um, gosh, I don't know how to word it. Just kind of, like, find um, what makes you feel at peace, hmm. I guess. It's mm-hmm. it's more about spirituality and less about religion. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah. I guess that's a good way to summarize it.
2: Great. That's yeah. awesome. Um, Meg, do you want to just kind of tell about your experience as well while you were in Paris?
4: Yeah, I would love to.
0: Um, so my junior year of college was spring of 2017. Um, I studied in Grenoble, which is in the French Alps. It's like uh, close to Provence in the south of France and like an hour from Switzerland. Um, it was beautiful. And I mm. had thought about going to Paris because I'd been to Paris before and I loved it. And I got a scholarship where I could choose between Paris or Grenoble. And I just was kind of like, oh, I want to see you know, something that's different than the Parisian experience um, and just sort of experience something new and go somewhere I'd never been before. Um, but I think what Hannah was saying is really true as far as how France views religion because um, I took a class when I was there and we talked about it but like, you can't even talk about anything religious in politics you're not allowed to even bring it up like they just have really strict rules about staying secular and not and it's kind of impolite and a little weird for them if you talk about it just if you don't know someone really well because like like you were saying it's supposed to be something that's really really private and personal so they view it as kind of like you just don't really talk about it with people. You know what I mean? Um, which is not how it is here at all. Um, so it's was really interesting. And then also, at least for me, like, I... Wasn't really into my religion at that time, I think. When I went over there, I just, you know, I kind of like got really bitter about things when I got older and realized all the problems with, I mean, the Catholic Church, (laughs) and there's a lot. (laughs) So, and I just was, and I went to like a Jesuit college, but I just wasn't really feeling very close to it. And the program I did wasn't religious, but it was a huge turning point for me in like, accepting that it's okay if I believe in these things and want to be a part of it as long as I'm doing it in a way that's true to what I really believe and that just because I am part of an institution doesn't mean I'm endorsing everything they do and that I can kind of choose my level of involvement so I think part of that was just being around the history of everything in Europe going to these like Notre Dame and these gorgeous churches and everything like you just have this indescribable feeling you know what I mean when you walk into one I just felt really close to this important part of me that I hadn't felt close to in a long time. Um, and then the other thing was, I'm going to shout out my friend Chris from Study Abroad. Go uh, oh, Chris. Uh, yeah. He's also Protestant, actually. Um, hey. We're sending this to him, right? Yeah, I'm definitely going to send this Yo, to him. Yo, so up, Chris? How you doing? Uh, and awesome. I love Chris. So we became, because he was part of my group and we became friends and he I don't know. And we just had these really, really deep conversations about spirituality and God. And I hadn't even really talked to anyone about it in a long time. And we just clicked and talked about it. And I went to this French youth group he'd been going to with him. And that was really, really cool. Cause it just sort of felt like being at home at youth group. Right. Um, but with people from a totally different walk of life. And I think like, I don't know, I don't want to sound really cheesy, but like it felt like we were just supposed to meet because I felt like we really taught each other important things and it kinda of brought me back to that and it just it just really changed my life. So mm-hmm. So thanks Chris, awesome. I love you. And also thanks France.
2: <laughs> that's great. Yeah. Um, and that's almost like the main crux of all of the stories that I've heard from people who have, you know, come out of a certain culture, particularly the American culture. And then, and that doesn't even apply to like religion either. That applies to anything, you know, just getting out of your ecosystem and being able to go to something different and be able to not only experience the differences, but like thrive in the differences as well. Um, And, you know, where, you know, me and Tom grew up and, and even Hannah, we grew up in a place where you know, anything that was other than was bad. Mm -hmm. Um, And that if you thrived in that bad thing, then you were somehow like not, you just weren't okay. You know, you were either going to hell or or you were going to be ostracized by the church or, you know, whatever. And um, so I want to hear a little bit more about, um, like, the thing that I love about, particularly christianity is how ancient it is but also how absolutely relevant it is and i hate using that word but it's like it's
1: (laughs) took a few years off my life man
2: god um (laughs) you know what we should do we should reclaim that word you know christians like to reclaim things Um,
1: um but and that's on colonialism And that's on colonialism.
2: But anyway, I wanna hear about how walking in to Notre Dame for you, um, Hannah, and then Meg for you, like just being able to be somewhere as beautiful as the Alps. Um, And, you know, also being able to walk into some of the oldest churches in existence, Mm -hmm. you know, um, how just that overall feeling was effective mm-hmm. but also in a way that's like if we think that we right now have it right but everyone before the year 2020 had it wrong mm-hmm. <laughs> somehow like how did that just get blown out of your mind as soon as you walked into those places meg mm-hmm. can go first you
0: okay um i think i think what you were saying about stuff that's other being bad and sort of realizing that that's not the case. (laughs) I think that was really powerful and being in, I don't know. I just think the point of religion at the end of the day is supposed to be about bringing people together and the idea that you can be somewhere with people who have just lived this entirely different life from you in a place you've never seen these experiences you can't even imagine. You know what I mean? But Mm -hmm. you still have like this like universal human need for this part of your life. And you still believe in these things. I thought that was just really Mm -hmm. powerful and, um, and it sort, of, it sort of changes your perspective and makes you feel more at one with like people in the world. Mm. You know what I mean? Um, and walking into a place like Notre Dame. I love Notre Dame. That's my favorite one. Um, mm. Walking into a place like that and just seeing how gorgeous it is. And it's just always full of people, lines of people going in. And you walk in and it's just so quiet. And everyone's just kind of gazing up at how gorgeous everything is. And it sort of feels like a metaphor. You know what I mean? When you mm. look at these windows, it's like, I don't even know how anyone could have built these or i don't even know how these exist something that's so breathtaking and and we are these there's people from probably every country in the world who come here every day and you're with you're with everyone and you're just experiencing something so powerful and gorgeous together and i don't know that's just that that's a really cool feeling i feel like i'm not doing it justice but that's the best way i can ex- i can explain it
2: <laughs> no that's that's good mm-hmm. Hannah, what about
4: you? um I actually, I'm going to come back to that. I'm going to take a little bit more of a, a negative side Go for <laughs> of <it>. that, unfortunately, <laughs> because that, for most of last semester, like I regret to say, was kind of my mindset. Um, Notre Dame actually burned before I got to see That's it. That's what I was about mm-hmm. to say. I
0: just realized that.
2: Yeah, yeah I was, yeah. was going to make a comment about yeah. it.
4: But... and So knowing that, well, like I didn't get to see the inside of it, but I got to see inside of a whole lot more. Um, ancient cathedrals and things like that like Chartres Cathedral um, was breathtaking and like I, I can't describe how I felt just kind of like sitting in there like in prayer and things like that that's kind of indescribable but when I would talk about it with people and when I would walk around it with my group and like the guide was like telling us all about it and was telling us about like how many times this has been like torn or burned down, but how many mm-hmm. times the church has rebuilt it and things like that. And mm-hmm. then thinking about how much support Notre Dame got after it burned, um, knowing <laughs> like what shape the world is in at the same mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. I almost didn't want to go into Notre Dame, even if I had the opportunity. Right. Um, just thinking about like kind of again taking that like negative view on Christianity that like we have this symbol that really is not helping anyone at all, literally. Hmm. Um, and we're so desperate to fix it that like all these millionaires are like, Oh yeah, we have to fix it. Like, of course. Um, and I was thinking like, Oh, well, what about all these like hungry people? (laughs) Like, Mm -hmm. or what about like, I don't know, like think about the homeless in your own country. Like, I mean, there's, um, like every country has that problem. Every country has like sick people and hungry people and like all these different things. Like there's wars and, Uh, being fought like in different parts of the world that we're just not even paying attention to. We just want our church like rebuilt. That's all. Mm -hmm. And that honestly made me, even though I wasn't a really good place of faith when I was over there, that almost made me resent the church a little bit Mm -hmm. for a small period of time. And I was very, I wrote about that a lot, like (laughs) a lot of my class papers and things like that. That's what I would kind of just rant about. But then I thought about it, um, and after talking to different people about it, it was not that it necessarily needed to be rebuilt immediately and needed all those millions of dollars. But then I walked into like the Chartres Cathedral, and I was thinking about how I kind of just put myself in a place um, like back in high school, and I didn't like really believe in God a whole lot, and how a person who doesn't believe in God or any kind of Christianity or anything like that would what they would think walking into a place like that mm-hmm. and how that might be kind of a beacon of hope for them
3: mm.
4: and so yeah that's <laughs> that's kind of like what it turned into um I of course i didn't get to see that cathedral until later in the semester and i think that's probably for the better mm. otherwise i might have left france just like totally despising all of the beautiful cathedrals <laughs> that i got to see um but yeah that that was kind of um I guess more of the mindset that i had um but yeah and going back to like how um faith works over there um and how it's just kind of like if you want it like you have the resources to. but other than that like religion things like that are very private so having different landmarks like that for people to go to and kind of like see that hope i guess is almost what makes that culture, like, the religious culture of there more rich, mm-hmm. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, because that's, that. I mean, again, that's how I kind of found it. Like, I, I didn't want anything to do with any of them, any of the cathedrals, any of the, like, religious things. And then leaving, I was saying, oh, wait, hang on, it kind of, like, reawakened this in me. Um, hmm. And I wouldn't have, I guess I wouldn't have seen it like that if I didn't want to.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
4: so and i think that that's kind of how like places like america can kind of like take note and say hey what if we approached religion this way what yeah. if we approached spirituality this way and just kind of said hey this is how it's helped us this is why we have hope when we see things like this um and it's here if you want it but we're not going to force it on you
2: mm-hmm. yeah yeah i think that's really good and you know I that's good for me to hear honestly, just because I'm very prone to you know looking at you know the cathedrals that we can go to and all of that ancient esque things mm-hmm. um, because I am really really interested in you know the <laughs> the people who were back to back with Jesus and mm-hmm. and that type of thing, but like to see that and to see how almost. You you you're like on on one of either side of a coin. You're either on the we have to preserve literally everything that was that once was, or we have to completely redo it mm-hmm. and make something completely new with just the same name on it. Mm-hmm. You know, and to find a way to blend those two things together mm-hmm. um, is really important. I think that's that's what. Um, that's kind of what the people in our generation are trying to do, yeah. I think. Yeah. Um especially, Ooh, yeah. Those within kind of the the progressive piece of this, we don't want to forget that there were people 1500 years ago mm-hmm. who were trying to do the same thing that we are. Yeah. Um mm-hmm. and not completely write off, you know, the last 70 years of Christianity as, you know, the the beacon of hope that we need to ascribe to, but also not saying that faith can't evolve and it can't mm-hmm. um, take on a new shape or it can't um, bring new things into light because, you know, the reality is that a lot of the people who walked the halls and preached the word in Notre Dame were not very good people, yeah. <laughs> you know, but that doesn't mean that we tear down the walls. Yeah. Um, and so,
0: and I think, I we think can, for... I think we can find, like you're saying, I think there can be, or I like to think, this could be too optimistic, but... I'd like to think there can be a happy medium, right? That we can yeah. that we can preserve something that's so significant to our religion and art and culture and architecture. It's just this beautiful example of something that just doesn't exist anymore. Yeah, I right. think we can still say that that's important and should be should be preserved. Just. For the sake of history, if nothing else, mm-hmm. but also everything Hannah said is completely true. That there are also, if we could come together for these other problems, imagine the things we could accomplish. You know what I mean? Yep. I think it's got to yeah. be. It's got to be a little of both.
4: Yeah, and I think that, like, you know, not to get too political on the podcast, unless that's just get, what political, love to do. On for, do get political on <laughs> we'll the podcast. Get political on the podcast. We really support. <laughs> them. I think there and being in a class about. Um, like religion in France um, and like kind of the church in France, um, helped me to kind of understand both the pros and cons of having a secular um, government. And um, not that I necessarily agree with everything that's going on over there, but um, I think it's a lot. I think it's a lot safer to start off just kind of like with like sec like being secular as a government and then allowing religions to kind of just like build on that idea and not forcing it on each other. And like uh, the cons being like right now, um, a lot of like Muslim women in Paris are who like are active in the government are struggling with the fact that, um, they're telling them that they can't wear their headscarves Mm -hmm. and like little things like that. And like, uh, like Christians can't wear, um, like cross necklaces or things like that. So, um, obviously things like that you can't always agree with, but I think if America would kind of take a step back and not say, oh, and I know that not everybody agrees, but like, and not say, oh, we are a Christian nation. Like we are founded on Christianity, Mm -hmm. but instead say, oh, let's not bring religion into this at all. And let's let people be religious on their own. Mm -hmm. And I even think that that could be a way of like strengthening the church is by totally separating it from anything that the government does and just like acting within our own, within our own realm. Right. But also if you look at like history, how many times France as a country has totally fallen apart because the church and like their church and their government somehow like intervened with each other. Mm. Mm And then so, and obviously America is like not an old country at all. And so like, I just think that there's different things that we could learn from them. And like, I think that would actually help Christianity where like a lot of Christians feel oppressed or they feel threatened or they're like, oh, like I can't you, get my haircut. I can't get my haircut. Like you're taking away our rights. Like you're saying that like this law and this law doesn't apply anymore because we're no longer like a Christian country. Well, I'm sorry. Like we were never a Christian country. Like, you know, a couple of our founding fathers might have identified as Christians and might have written something like that into our, like, into our constitution. And then, like, the rest of them, like, we talked about this in our class, how, like, a lot of them were agnostic. A lot of them were Mm -hmm. atheist. But we don't talk about that. We only talk about the ones that were Christian because we want to be able to manipulate people that we can't control.
2: Mm. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that was really good. Yeah.
2: Yeah, and, and that's essentially what, you know, Christianity becomes for a lot of countries is, you know, and, and any religion can do that. But just, spe- and we can go down that road anytime. But um, specifically talking about um, Christianity, just because that's kind of where all of us sit. It's just so interesting how such a a religion that hinges upon a. Humble dead God on a cross mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that did rise again in three days, but like the crux of Christianity is the cross. Like you can. That's
1: go why back it's called history. the crux. <laughs> Am it I wrong? <laughs> <You're not> wrong. <laughs> I came up with that right now. That's my insightful thing. I'm going to say in this podcast episode. Go. That's the only one you're but, getting.
2: You know, and and I loved what I heard on um, a podcast I was listening to the other day. Um, of course, Jonathan Martin, (laughs) um,
1: the boy on the bicycle,
2: but he was talking to Jared McKenna, who's a, a really prominent, um, Australian pastor. And he was talking about how, you know, everyone wants a King. Everyone wants someone who can thwart their enemies. Everyone wants someone who's a warrior who can fight, but, we rely on a crucified dead King. Mm -hmm. Um, and that his power was weakness. And that's just so other than to other, um, religions, which is why like we hold on to the gospel that we know. And, um, but just kind of what you were saying, Hannah, and I, I I really want to dive deeper into this. I wanted to go a different direction, but I really want to go into this with Mm -hmm. the four of us. Um, why does a dead God on a tree make us think that we can be more powerful than other people?
3: Hmm.
2: Like, why is that? Why? How can we (laughs) use that? Like, how could countries use that and say, you know, like, I don't even know what you could base it on, Mm -mm. you know, Mm -mm. (laughs) 'Cause the the Bible is completely and totally clear about how Jesus was absolutely humble and meek. Yeah. But we make him out to be this terrible, awful
1: crusader. Mm-hmm.
0: Huh. Crusades, am I right? <laughs> and that's
1: on the Catholics.
0: <laughs> that's your
1: thing, you know about
2: that. I'm
0: taking a drink. <laughs>
2: so Okay, so for people, so for you, Megan and Hannah, like Mm -hmm. you all grew up in a little bit more of a manipulative system than Mm -hmm. me and Tom did. Like it was manipulative in a different way. Mm -hmm. But um, for you all. We were also very manipulated. We're not saying that at all. (laughs) Yeah. We all got manipulated
0: in our own special way. (laughs) Yeah.
2: Um, It all had to do with fear, but it was a different kind of fear. Like me and Tom were always fearful of. The bad thing that could happen to us if we didn't adhere. So we were afraid of hell.
1: You know, literal hell. Yeah.
2: Literal hell. But I think what it sounds like from you all is you were more afraid of the system.
0: Yeah. And I think for me, a lot of this is just like really inextricably interwoven with me being a feminist. And I just got really defiant and really angry, like having to having to stand there and listen to things that were just were kind of saying that I was a second-rate human being just for something Mm -hmm. I couldn't help, you know? And again, I know I have a lot of privilege and other people can understand this in a different way, but I'm just talking about, specifically in this context, right? Like, when I was in high school, so I went to an all-girls Catholic school for high school, um, but we had... I mean, we had crazy, crazy checkered shit happen skirts. to me. Yeah, checkered skirts. But also, like, we had we had assemblies. We had this assembly where this lady was like, yeah, I didn't even show my stomach to anyone but my husband before I got married. And we had to sign, like, a chastity pledge. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and we had this thing in junior high where they made us all stick tape to our arms and rip it off. And then they'd try to stick it again and be like, see, it's not as sticky. This is what happens when you have sex with more than one person and things like that yeah um and i like got i got in trouble in my ethics class the
1: look on your face was just
0: oh yeah i got in trouble in my ethics class because uh i would get in fights with my really conservative teacher all the time (laughs) to no one's surprise um but yeah she like was saying that (laughs) She was saying that like women couldn't be priests, and I said women should be priests, and I like got kicked out of class. And they tried to make us—they trying to make us watch an abortion movie from like the '80s with like a graphic abortion, an actual one, you know what I mean—to um, mm. manipulate us, obviously. And my friends and I just like walked out of the class, got in trouble for that too, because um, we were like, we're not going to sit and watch this. But so powerful, yeah. But but so for me, a lot of it has just been like kind of becoming very enraged and i'm just like (laughs) honestly (laughs) probably more than i let on and i feel better about it now but it's just like i'm very far left and i'm very into social justice and i believe everyone's equal and a lot of that just really doesn't jive with traditional catholic theology so um i'd argue with my mom about it a lot and she'd be like well like no institution's perfect megan and you're not gonna agree with everything everyone says um and I just kind of <laughs> I don't know um that's been very difficult for me to reconcile I guess is the point of what I'm trying to say um and that's a lot of what my memories are, are specifically just like sexist things because that was what really stuck out for me obviously um mm. yeah so it it was, it was an interesting special kind of <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> dramatic experience I guess. <laughs>
4: i just like relate so much to that and that like i didn't really have anybody say anything to me that triggered like oh you should start questioning this that and the other it was like i would have conversations with my mom and dad or like i would watch my brothers like get up and lead songs in church and i would be like why am i not allowed to do that because i Mm -hmm. was like the only it was me and one other girl we're the only two girls like of that age at our church Mm -hmm. besides the moms. And so (laughs) it was like really weird growing up. There was just like, it was my two brothers and then like 10 other boys. And so, yeah, it was, yeah, it was weird. Um, But yeah, I would like watch them like get up and lead different things, like whether it be a song or whether it be like a Bible verse. And I would just always ask that, like I can remember for years um, just kind of like waiting and asking again and waiting and asking again. And every time the answer being the same, just like, oh, because like, that's not what girls do. Like mm-hmm. we're called to do something different. Yeah. And um, just like, oh, it says in this verse, and this verse, and this, this verse, that like women are supposed to like say silent and which we never, were, we never implemented that either because like women were allowed to raise their hand and ask questions. Yeah. And we were allowed to like speak from our seats, but we were not allowed to address the congregation if that makes sense we were mm-hmm. not allowed to lead the congregation in any sort of way but then you're
0: like i feel bad complaining because i know it used to be worse and am i just supposed to ignore it even though it's really yeah. exhausting to ignore it all the time <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm.
2: yeah and that's again the crux of you know <laughs> y'all's experience and man tom's experience is completely different because mm-hmm. obviously we're a different gender mm-hmm. and you know that kind of goes yeah. hand in hand with Kind of the question, which is you know we didn't have to be afraid of the system because the system served us,
3: mm-hmm.
2: yeah, but and all we had to be afraid of was thinking the wrong thing. You all had to be afraid of doing the wrong thing, yeah, huh, yeah. and I think and it's that,
0: easier to I think it's easier to step away from a system where you never feel like you're supposed to be there in the first place, yep. you know what I mean, <laughs> yep, yeah. Mm
2: which is why it's sometimes really hard for me and Tom to actually leave the church.
3: Right. <laughs> right, and I'm kind of going on anyway. <laughs> yeah. We got stories, no, man. We got and stories.
2: <laughs> thankfully, we are in the precipice of that story, both of us, I think. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um but anyway, um no, that that is really intriguing for for me um just because of where I came from. Um Being one of the ones that was going, if I had stayed where I was, being able to be the one who actually oppressed people Hmm. um, because of those beliefs and because of, you know, a certain view or interpretation of what the scripture says. Um, But being able to hear you all kind of talk about, you know, not necessarily wanting to throw the baby out with the bathwater, but wanting to just find a better version of what you've been through. Um, And I think there's a lot of wisdom in that. And I, you know, commend you all, even if you did have to go down the road of throwing the baby out with the bathwater, at least maybe the baby was still
0: alive. (laughs) At least for a few years. yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
2: And maybe the water wasn't that dirty. Baby Um, throwers
1: anonymous.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Um, But one of the things that I think is really cool is that what I keep seeing with stories that I'm hearing from a lot of people, um, and you all have kind of just reinforced that, is that um, that word deconstruction that we toss (laughs) around a lot Mm -hmm. as Christians, um, one of the things that I love about Brad Jerzak is that he is kind of a – and Brad Jerzak is a theologian who's a part of the Eastern Orthodox Church, which if you know anything about the Eastern Orthodox Church, they haven't changed very much at all. From the last two thousand years, um, but in other ways, like they believe they don't know that
1: cars exist yet. They haven't figured oh my that gosh.
2: out. They're not <laughs> Amish. <Tom. laughs>
1: they don't know what a telephone is. They would smack you if you talked about one.
2: <laughs> anyway, give you um, some
1: blessed bread and just get your ass out the door. You know what I mean? Some I'm of that <laughs> sand um, words.
2: <laughs> but one of the cool things, gosh, one of the cool things that Brad Durzak has said is that. Instead of using the word deconstruction, we could use reconstruction, which means you still have to take a piece of it and destroy it mm-hmm. in order to conserve the parts that are good. And he uses um, art reconstruction. Which I is really cool like we're that. Talking yeah. We're talking about France. Yeah. So imagine taking a Monet that's been stuck in an attic And you have to get all the grime and gross off of it. Mm -hmm. Well, you do have to get rid of the grime and the gross, but you don't take away the foundation that is the painting, Mm -hmm. you know, because the painting is beautiful. The painting is good. And so um, I think that's kind of what we're doing with our faith is we're not getting rid of the faith that was handed to us. Like Jude says, like, don't let go of the faith that's been handed to you. But instead we're observing what it's done and we're saying like a beautiful piece of art, kind of like we talked about a couple of podcasts ago, the manifold wisdom of God. That's just a big, beautiful picture of different colors. We're taking away the dust and the grime that's gotten in the way of those colors. Yeah. And we're getting back to this reserved, preserved piece of art that's good and right. And so um, I think that's that's just kind of a cool correlation um, with y'all's stories as far as like, being able to, I don't want to say the word escape, Mm -hmm. but that might be the best word, Mm -hmm. (laughs) escape where you all have been and then find refuge in not a different place, but just a better place. Yeah. So um, Mm. with that, you know, I want to ask you all, um, as women who have a voice, who should have a voice and should be able to... um, instruct people um with your experiences and not just going to france but you know um being able to get out of kind of those systems that you were when you were in and find a new system and i use the word system just as for a lot of people the word system can be scary um but um just a different place to be able to exercise the things that you should have been able to exercise before. Um, what has been like, what can me and Tom as white men <laughs> with privilege mm-hmm. do to help you all and to be allies without taking away your voice and thinking that we have to speak up? Um, Cause that's something that I'm learning and I really want to ask that question. Um, how can we um, as dudes who have a platform, Mm-hmm. share that platform with you guys
4: mm-hmm. um, and the best I'm let you example go first. I can think of is like right now like <laughs> and that might not be a good yeah. answer no, you're right. being able to like have us both on this podcast and then like at the very beginning you said I'm just going to step away and let you guys talk about your experience I'm mm-hmm. getting
1: a call up from Starbucks right now so let's hey. see if I got this well, job that. I will let you know yeah, yeah. awesome <laughs>
4: Either way, you have a drink.
1: I have a drink.
0: That's
4: what matters. But, yeah, just like, um, I don't know, because there's not a whole lot you can do. Like, you can't, I can't tell my brother, even though he agrees with me on this, I can't tell him to go back to my home church and say, hey, you guys have to change what you're doing. Mm. But what he can do is him and his wife can just, can do what I've done and seek out a new family that affirm and accept them.
3: Mm.
4: And then share with those people that they might have grown up with whether they be right or wrong share with them how it's helped them grow Mm -hmm. and so like that's just kind of what i try to do like okay so for example um i've been (laughs) through a lot in this whole coming out process of being bisexual um but the thing is is i don't want to have to go through Um, if I'm going to try to, uh, like minister to people, other Christians who are also in the LGBTQ community, I don't want to have to go through somebody and say, Hey, could you share my story with them so that they understand that like they can reconcile this like I have, I'm going to say, no, can you please like, can I know them so that I can share with them? That's good. And so like, you know, that's exactly what I would do like, um, for our church that, Mm -hmm. um, for Zoom church with John. like I would not say, hey John, can you tell everyone about my story? I would say, hey John, do you care if I address everyone real quickly or do you care if I address this small group that needs to hear me? Um, And so I think like looking at that and looking at like, again, using my brother as an example, him saying, oh, not him stepping in front of his wife and saying, this is what we've learned by joining a progressive church that affirms her, but saying, hey Elena, why don't you tell them what you've learned? Mm and so exactly what you and tom have already done and just like stepping back and saying hey we're gonna let you all tell your own story we're not gonna try to tell it for you i agree with that i think
0: i think a lot of it is about listening and trying to amplify people's voices um because, like, you can say something if, you know, if your friend makes some sort of sexist comment, like, it's kind of easy to be like, okay, man, don't do that. I mean, I don't know if it's easy, but that's, like, a oh, small thing. I mean, a small mean, Caleb,
2: call, Caleb called my ass out the other day.
0: He did?
2: <laughs> yeah, yes. for something that I said a couple of months ago, and oh I was God. just like, holy crap, like, wow. get, please do this more often, yeah, like, yeah. I need to know these things.
0: Because so. yeah, in those situations, it's like, they're gonna listen to you more than, like, the woman, right? Mm-hmm. If I say that even if I say that, like, my dad and my brother are, I'm not trying to call them out, but my dad and my brother are both very liberal, they probably both consider themselves feminists, and they'll still say things where I'll try to call them out, or my mom will try to call them out, and they kind of are like, oh, you guys, you know what I mean, like, you're just being ridiculous, or, um, and I, but I think if it comes from another man in that situation, Mm -hmm. then that, they listen, like, in a way they just wouldn't to us, um, and for me, like, I don't know, I think, I think it sort of echoes in every part of your life, but, like, for example, um, when I was leading these lab meetings this past year um, for my lab, all the PIs, which are like the heads of the labs, they're all men, like middle-aged white men. Most people in the room um, were men, and it was supposed to be my presentation, but like they would just start talking over me and 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 discussing things with each other when it was my project. You know what I mean? And then this, right. but this, but this one guy, one of the one of the PIs would look at me, and he'd say, so Megan, and ask me something, and bring me back in, and that just, like, it doesn't seem like a lot, but I'll never forget that. It, it was a huge deal to me, because that was really frustrating, and it was, like, he noticed it, and also tried to help in a way that was, like, subtle and, uh, and awesome, and so I think, I think just kind of being aware of it, because we're aware of it all the time, and that's another thing. It's, like, you guys just don't notice it, but it's, when when you walk into a room, you're aware of it and we have to be aware for our own safety. We have to be aware just because mm. we notice when we're being left out of the conversation and it's been shown that if there's men and women in the room, the men are talking way more than the women. Right. That's just how it goes. So I think and that is
2: something that I can publicly state on the podcast that I am sorry for with this entire podcast. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. It's like me and Tom talking the entire time and it's like, oh, yeah, Meg, what do you think?
0: <laughs> but I, I appreciate when you do that, at least, because I, I, yeah. I, I know that you're trying to bring me back in. Um, and this, like Hannah said, this is a great example, I think. And so mm-hmm. just doing stuff like this where you're giving us a chance to talk and and showing a different perspective, right, that you just yeah. haven't had. I think that's that's really awesome i appreciate it a lot
4: (laughs) and another one that like i think a lot of people are more afraid of um doing because it does involve more confrontation that like i wouldn't tell everyone every man who's a feminist to do this but i would encourage them to is to call out Mm. sexism to call out like any sort of um i guess just kind of any sort of like speech that is like um bringing someone down or overshadowing okay. someone um calling people out especially like like on the internet and things like that can be well it just isn't fun because you worry about what you're gonna say um like if you have a public profile getting jobs and things like that you worry about saying the wrong thing mm-hmm. um there's so much to take into consideration and so i wouldn't demand that from everyone but i would highly encourage it yeah mm-hmm. and it's not just like oh that is something that could potentially hurt someone, like, or maybe not. No, like, if you see it and it seems like it's a threat, call it out. Yeah, yeah.
0: especially because when we call it out, it's it can honestly become really kind of violent yeah. and dangerous. Right. Like, I've yeah. gotten DMs before, you know, saying wow. I'm a bitch yeah. and threatening me and stuff just for saying God. something that was, mm. like... I mean, I'm not trying to... I was respectful, and that's what you get. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it can be really mm-hmm. scary, and so... And again yeah. like i said it's the same thing as when you're talking in person it's just like it's not going to be respected the way that it would be from one of you mm-hmm. right yeah.
4: yeah and calling it what it is mm-hmm. like don't mm-hmm. like kind of like dance around it like my my church would never call like not allowing their women to speak they would never call that discrimination they would just say like oh this is the way that we yeah. have come to know the bible right. and they would just say it in this really nice and respectful way and so the women in our church just kind of like Oh, okay. I guess you're right. <laughs> yeah. And that, no, call it what it is. You're not allowing us to speak. Mm-hmm. A yeah, rosebud
1: or the name, you know? Yeah. It's like there
2: being a difference between having an opinion and just having an oppressive tendency. Yes.
4: Yeah. yeah. yeah and
0: being sexist or racist or homophobic or whatever is not an opinion. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, I I really appreciate that. Um, and I love that um, that you all can have kind of that that you all have to have that perspective because that's where you've been, Mm -hmm. but there are a lot of women who have had the same experiences who don't feel like they can break out of it.
3: You know, they don't feel
2: like they can, um, you know, it's because it's that place of safety. Like, there was a point in time where I was given advice um, about male and female relationships where that quote-unquote biblical model It works because it's safe. It's like, oh, of course it works when you have a master and a servant. Yeah. Like, of course that works. It's safe for both parties. Mm
0: -hmm.
2: As long as you have one person calling the shots and one person following them, obviously that'll work out better than most things. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, because there's no conflict. That's so stupid. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You know, and so um, I think it's good for you all, like, stir the fucking pot. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and and mm-hmm. tell me and Tom how to help, mm-hmm. you know. And you know, um just I don't know. Yeah, that's that's just really good what you all have already said. Yeah. So um anyway. Yeah. I um thank you guys for for being willing to share and being willing to be on here with us and Hannah, thank you as thank you all. our special guest. You
3: be on the pod.
2: And <laughs> Megan, thank you for sharing more than you have, thank you. <laughs> and more than okay. we have allowed you to. <laughs> um, I make it sound so bad, and I really don't mean to make it sound that way. Okay. Um, but anyway, right. um, I want to give a shout out to the Reverend John Roller. Yes. Um,
1: the right Reverend John Roller, am I right? Yeah. Oh, gosh. we got to have him Uh-oh. as a guest, dude. <gasps> why don't we no,
2: do we totally that? Yes. Don't that? we
4: should. Yes. having him as a
2: guest. That's why I was giving the shout-out. <gasps> um, it should
4: be known that I would not be in this place of, and I call it spiritual maturity. None yep. of us are totally mature. <laughs> but no. But I'm a whole lot more spiritually <laughs> mature than I was, and I've been able to reach this peaceful and comfortable place because of him. Yep. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And I think that's true for me and Tom as well. Yeah. Feel that. Meg, have you met John?
0: Yeah, I met him at the album recording. He gave and me a big hug. It was just, very sweet. Did
2: it feel like you were hugging Jesus himself? Yeah, he was so sweet. Yeah, good I was like, man. I've never
0: felt this much good energy from any person. Yeah, <laughs> Especially I mean, any man. First, Are we kidding. The first <laughs> yeah. words
4: he said to me, he didn't even know me for five minutes, and the first words he said to me was, Hey, Hannah, I, I really want to know you. <laughs> mm. and i didn't think i thought that that was just kind of like a, an asbury thing oh everybody at asbury like wants to know you do <laughs> yeah and, <laughs>
1: absolutely not but no absolutely this was not. the most
4: genuine and that's exactly what he did like over the course of the next mm. year it's yeah. been a little bit over a year since i've met john and that's all he's done is just invest in me and know me like mm. fully
1: and it was right at the mountain recording wasn't it
4: yeah. yeah, I helped you. Yeah. I helped you guys build the set. Yeah. Thank you
1: so much, Hannah. That's when I like first like became like your friend, friend, and yeah. I, not just like someone who knew your name. So
2: I think that
4: might have been awful. the same yeah. for me. Yeah, I met all of all, or I met both of you guys at the.
2: Well, I had known you from the sociology class, and it yeah. had been like a. Sociology. I remember a specific yeah. tweet that I did where it was like, when you see your Twitter homies in actual class, and it's just like.
4: Mm-hmm. Most <laughs> of the people that have like changed my life significantly, I met that night.
0: Mm. That's cool. That's really cool. Cast my fears. <laughs>
3: Beautiful.
2: God. Um, but anyway, I want to give a shout out to him. Um because he deserves it. Um and for all of us and for a lot of people that I'm very excited to announce the next time that we have our podcast. There's some Really cool things are going on beyond, behind the scenes in a certain piece of my life and the life of mm. some other people. Um, but John <laughs> is very heavily involved, and so I do want to get him on this podcast very, very soon. Mm. Um, but we we're gonna and and I want to tell that to our listeners. We're gonna have a lot more guests um, coming up, and some of these. Some, Tom and Meg are so excited. <laughs> like, I'm so tired of hearing Derek's bullshit. I want to hear somebody else talk. <laughs>
1: this is now an explicit episode. Thank you.
2: <laughs> oh, do we have to put the parental guy? Yeah, parental we got to
1: put a little E on it now. Oh, oh good.
4: Oh, do I have time to say something? Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, you can totally
1: I say more to things. So
4: I was, no time like, limit. I was talking about this the other day. I forget with who. Um, but it had a lot to do Okay, so it was with um a reverend that I know, and it had to do with a really controversial speaker that we had had in the past, and one thing that I want people to understand about that speaker is that he has been through um he's he's been through it like with his faith yeah. and with his, um with his sexuality too um and he came and preached some like really controversial and potentially harmful things um hmm. to the campus and so um, that was kind of the problem that I was addressing, but at the same time, I want people who hear, um, and like, I don't want to speak for y'all unless you're okay with it. But I like speaking for me. I don't want anyone to think that like my experience or my story, or especially with the Church of Christ or with um, this kind of like spiritual um, like awakening, I guess you could call it, that I had yep. when I was in France. Like, none of that is something that you have to take and say oh this is how they did it so this must be how it is for me. Oh,
2: I echo that. Completely this, definitely.
4: Like awesome. everyone's journey, everyone's walk is so different. And so I have even though the message that this guy preached I thought was harmful, I can't deny that that was his story mm-hmm. and that is how he came to know God. I can't take that away from him. However, I can say that that's not how it is for everyone else. And that story go and and that goes the same for everyone else, yeah. so you know, on this podcast, like you guys might talk about past trauma that might have been caused by <laughs> the church, or <laughs> like by trauma! the church. By... <laughs> love
2: I that. literally, I literally pee a little bit when I hear the name John Calvin. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> I just made Megan spit, <laughs> Johnny C. I
4: spit my drink out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like you know. It, I, I guess my point is, is like, don't take anyone's story and think that it has to be mm-hmm. yours. But also, don't feel like um, I don't know. Just, just let your story, let your faith, let your walk, let it all be your own.
0: Mm-hmm. And we're not trying to tell you that you should be. You don't have to hate the church agree with us on everything. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Exactly.
1: No, that's great. And I think yeah, just affirming people's just walks yeah. with God is is yeah. important.
2: For more on that subject, you can tune in to our second podcast, which was all about um, different experiences and how that shapes how we see God. Mm-hmm. So
1: We're an um, encyclopedia now. Oh, gosh.
2: That was the one podcast I
4: listened to. I was like, Talking to you guys, even though I knew it wasn't in real time. Like, I would hear <laughs> you all say something and I would like talk back to it. And like, my roommate was like, What is she? This, she's <laughs> listening to a podcast. Why is she going crazy right now?
2: Candace can <laughs> eat it. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> hey. We love Candace. She
4: loves you all too. We like, we'll play your all's podcast like in our speaker, like while we're on the way to get Starbucks oh, or something like oh, that.
2: Oh, that's so cute.
4: And it's just like I it's just that. good because like yeah. you all are people that I'm very comfortable with and you guys like I respect all of y'all's opinions and so it's mm-hmm. nice to hear you all talk about this. We love you. <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs> love you guys so much.
2: But um yeah. So shout out to John Roller, we'll have him shout very, very soon. And Caleb. Shout out to Hannah. Do you wanna and Caleb? And Caleb. We love Caleb. Yeah, and Caleb. Yeah, and app?
4: yeah <laughs> we'll give you My, your app. My Twitter has been on and off um i've deactivated it twice within like the past two weeks and then uh, like no and then logged back into it but um at hannah lauk on twitter
0: <laughs> my timeline is dry without you <laughs>
1: <laughs> it really do be like that otherwise i'm getting all these other all these other asbury students and i'm like man i need the angry hot takes where is hannah lauk you know <laughs> well-
2: without hannah i've been getting into theological debates with people with no twitter avatar (laughs) and only 20 followers i need her back (laughs) i'm coming
0: back i promise we've Uh, just
1: been tweeting about pretty little liars because we've been watching a lot of that at our
2: house yeah. yeah it's
0: been good yeah
1: well
2: thank you all to our listeners um we love you all and please give us a shout out if you wish to we wish you to um, <laughs> Please,
0: and to our haters,
2: what Tom? Tom? What? What Tom? <laughs> it wasn't going to be good. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> give us, give us however many stars you think we're worth, but in the eyes of Jesus, we're always worth five. Um, <laughs> Just remember that when you rate Just remember, us. you only have good theology if you rate us five stars. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Remember if God were gonna rate us, you know what he'd rate us? Probably a four who are we getting, you know. <laughs>
2: isn't but isn't that the truth of God? It's like I see you as a whole person, but we got some stuff to work on. We'll give you a four. Oh god. Anyway, thank you to your, to our listeners. We love you all. Thank you, Hannah, for being on. Thanks for um, Thank you, Hannah. Thank you, Megan. Hannah. And thank you, Tom, as always. And we will see you all next time. See ya. Here on Theo Bourbon.
1: Bye.